All right, all right, the gameplay's going. Looks like we're ready to rock now, fellas. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is your source for Xbox news and more on Sunday nights. This being show number 255. I'm your host, Invader, and hey, you know what? I'm really happy to be here tonight. I mean, I usually am. I get to talk about games, you know, just, you know, talk with the guys. It, it, it's just, it's really awesome. But as per usual, we got a slew of really good topics, uh, good talking points, and of course, heading into Christmas and New Year's. We're all a little merry, right? We're all a little merry, a little more chill, and uh, eh, just that time of the year. Tonight, we plan to get into many things, including the newly released game High on Life, our impressions of it, a possible Xbox game sh- uh, game showcase in January, and our Game of the Year picks, plus hey, a few other odds and ends topics, you could say. I'm looking forward to all of this, but first, I have to introduce everybody on the show tonight, uh, kicking things off with Centurion. Pal, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, man. Freaking, it's Sunday. It's basically podcast day for me. Just got off Gaming Beyond the Box, ready to start the second half of my podcasting night. And, I mean, at least for me, it's been a damn good week in gaming. Uh, I've got Elder Scrolls Online, just started the New Life Festival. It's always the festival that gets me sucked back into the game for the next year. Uh, Also been trying to hammer out Outer Worlds. And then, of course, here comes Game Pass with High on Life, and I have been putting a lot of time in High on Life. Um, I'm pretty much got, like, I'm on the last alien before I get to go after Gargantuan, the leader of G3. Hmm. Interesting. I'm still pretty early on. I think I'm on Zephyr, I think it's called, or eh, whatever. But I, I know I'm still early on. Uh, you know what the... The Mm -hmm. funny part is, like, about the biomes in that game is even though you can, you know, like, like, I will say right now, there's, like, there's a lot more to those levels than you realize. It's just you don't have the equipment to go to certain parts of the the level. And they have done such a good job of hiding those parts of the, the parts of the world that it totally blows your mind when you go back to find another one of the, uh, the the basically the generals of the cartel and you're like i've already been here i didn't even know this was here mm-hmm. yeah we'll get into that in a little bit but i totally know what you mean um with the levels how they're uh, designed i could definitely tell even early on that they're that way uh, moving down the list we got crusader bud pal how you been oh, i'm good um yeah it's been a really good week in gaming for me personally I finished the base game of The Ascent, and I was very iffy on that game when I first started playing it, but I, I found a build that I really, really ended up liking towards the end, and um, probably going to get the, the DLC at some point and play through that. Um, and I, I played and beat High on Life, though I found out there's like a secret epilogue ending that is not like part of the main ending that I'm going to need to go through and do, so I'll have to reinstall that. Um, and I've started my first playthrough ever of The Witcher 3. Um, this, I started it on Thursday after I beat High on Life. And, uh, I'm off for the next two and a half weeks because I start a new job in the new year. And, uh, I'm going to be playing The Witcher 3 for, like, degenerate hours, and it's going to be great. I haven't had a vacation like this forever. So how much time have you put into The Witcher 3 so far? 
Oh my god, who... I, I could tell you. I, I can look it up. Um, probably no, already 20 curious, hours. I'm more curious on the optimization and how the uh, the game update is actually running. On Are you playing it console or PC? Console. So, it's... In Novigrad and Oxenfurt, the two major cities that I have been to so far, like the big ones, I have some frame dips, but it's not like it's hitting 30 FPS. It's probably in the high 50s or mid 50s. Um, but that's the only area where I've had performance issues. I have had a couple of crashes, but I think it has to do with the game having been on for so long because it, it generally happens after I've been playing for like six hours each time. And, and there's probably just a, a low-key memory leak and a lot of games have that and like developers don't realize it because people don't play like I play. Like they don't, they don't, they don't play like six hours a day like, like this. So like they, they probably don't well, even know this is an issue. Without um, with instant resume nowadays, they should be because actually I've had a lot of games like when you try yeah. to go play them after instant resume and they bug they, out. They yep. bug out because technically the game's been running in the background. Yep. Mm. Um. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's really good. Um, uh, it it is much better looking than when I first tried to play it a long time ago. I only got like two hours in. Um, and it's much better looking than that, I will say, and it's. Um, I am not playing it on the perform, or I'm not playing it on the the visual mode. I'm playing it on the performance mode because I could care less about the the slightly better visuals. I much prefer the performance. So, all right, good. But to yeah, know. it's it's fairly good so far. Yeah, no, I've been hearing a lot of good things uh, with uh, the updates to the game uh, for current gen consoles, and yeah, it makes me tempted to to uh, play it, but I probably shouldn't. My backlog, uh, I just noticed, is a lot worse than I thought, so uh, we'll have to see about that. Uh, moving down the list here, General MLD, buddy, how's the weekend been? Hey, yeah, doing pretty good here. Uh, solid week. Uh... I beat uh, Plague Tale Requiem, solid sequel, beat my 50th game of the year, Far Cry 4, moving on to Far Cry 6, so I'm pretty happy with that. And uh, I just started uh, Far Cry 6, but I think I'll move on to High on Life after. Just, yeah, like you said, backlog is insane, but I think High on Life, we'll get into it in a bit, but yeah, that looks increasingly interesting, so I'm going to try that in the new year, I think. But yeah, just uh, can't wait to uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, just talk around with the guys and just have a good time. Yeah, no, totally. Yes, we will be diving into High on Life for sure. Uh, but first, let's see who else do we got here. Ah, oh, Shockley, buddy. I see that you snuck in there at the end. How are you, Ben? Pretty good. Been uh, been hearing some, we'll, we'll get into it with the High on Life stuff, but definitely intrigued with that one since I fell off of the, uh, what was that, Rick and Morty show, but I watched quite a few seasons of that one, so always thought their humor from what I watched was pretty good, so. Um, but definitely need to get actually jump on the uh, Plague's Tale. Been meaning to uh, start that, <laughs> uh, but I've been sucked into Pokemon Go recently. <laughs> Hadn't touched it in like since 2018. Uh, but since the uh, new Pokemon games have recently released on Switch, been getting my life sucked away into that in between <laughs> working. So, uh, but. I'm gonna try to get back onto the on the box here soon this week and get some get some Plague's Tale started. Second. All right. But not much other than that. Sounds good. Yeah, no, you brought some pretty good uh, games there. Hell, even Pokemon Go. Damn, I haven't uh, touched that in a while. Yeah, they. 
Yeah, they've added a lot to it. There's like so many other things since 2018. At least I think that was the last time I touched it. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> more stuff to to you know draw you in. I mean, that's one thing that Xbox is doing with the whole mobile thing. They're trying to there's a they know there's a huge platform out there and a ton of you know slew of people that they don't actually have tapped into that market. So, yep. All right. All right. Yeah. No. Good to know. Good to know. Um. Uh, Timmy won't be making it tonight. Uh, he's out partying it up. <laughs> Something like that anyways. But uh, don't worry, guys. You'll catch him back in the new year. And of course, guys, before we start, you can follow us along on many different platforms, whether it be audio or visual. We got Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Rumble, you name it. We're probably there, to be honest. We're on a lot of different things. So if you're on those platforms, be sure to give us a sub, a like, whatever it may be, share it out. And uh, yeah, again, we'd love to have you there wherever it may be all the links to uh our other uh video platforms audio platforms in the description below but on that note gentlemen let's go straight into things by talking about a very very interesting game well it turned out to be anyways uh as i can see everybody in the chat kind of bringing it up now (laughs) uh this week saw the release of high on life the very colorful shooter that has hit xbox platforms game pass and so on I've personally noticed a subs- uh, like a substantial amount of talk on social media about this one and has game journalists and the average go Joe gamer kind of butting heads like if you've looked at different reviews it's kind of <laughs> head scratching to be honest uh, the differences between the two and hey I gotta say I'm curious what everyone here on the panel thinks of it I know a, a few people on the panel have uh, touched it including myself Crusader my fellow gaming fanatic why don't I lead off with you on this one I know you've spent some time with it uh, what are your thoughts on high on life yeah so you know When it comes to reviewers, I don't think they're critically off-base, necessarily. Um, Because it's a a typical trend with, like, comedy or action or superheroes or or things like that for them to be... Reviews are typically written in one direction of, like, a high-culture kind of direction, no matter what they're reviewing. And this is the opposite of any form of high-culture. It is raw comedy, and so I, I, I personally didn't expect this to review well. I actually, it's right about where I thought it would. It's a little lower because the skew with that one reviewer who gave it a three out of ten that I disagree with. But um, uh, I, the the scores are good. However, this game has done some insane analytics for um for Game Pass and Xbox in general. Um, it is currently sitting at number one on cloud gaming. Um, I don't know the last time that, like, a game took the number one spot on cloud gaming that wasn't a sequel replacing its former. Because that was Forza Horizon 5 replacing Forza Horizon 4. Um, before that, I, I, like, I don't know that anything's ever dethroned, like, Forza Horizon in cloud for being the top. Um, it's number two on console only behind Minecraft for Game Pass. It's number two on PC, only behind Solitaire, um, because Solitaire is actually included with Game Pass, for those who don't know. You actually get, like, an ad-free version, and you get, like, more card backs and stuff like that. It's actually really nice. They do it on mobile, too. It's really cool. But it's number 
two on PC as well, and then on Xbox in general, like just like on the storefront, which includes Game Pass metrics and sales metrics. Uh, it, it basically, it's all players because the 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 currently like most played includes Game Pass metrics, from what I understand. It's currently number four, and the last game to break into the top five that strongly as a new release and not a sequel, I believe, was Elden Ring. Um, so it's like it's doing Elden Ring numbers. Um, that's crazy. This is probably to date the most powerful Xbox third party game that's come to Game Pass Day One. Um, Plague Tale didn't do numbers like this. Uh, um, while Persona was really good get for like the Japanese market and like sector, it, it didn't do numbers anywhere close to like this. Um, Outriders and MLB, MLB was probably the second behind it, but neither of them have done numbers close to this. Like, like this is a this is really, really, really wild analytics. Like this, if they come out and say how many players have played High on Life next week maybe they will maybe they won't you know that's up to the developers to to share data it's going to be in the millions not, not like one million but two three maybe four million players it's insanity how um how uh like like how insane that is it, it, it like it it boggles the mind like if you if you want some more detailed overview on it benji sales on twitter um uh, has done some stuff uh, uh, with it um, and, and analyzing it. Personally, I loved the game. Um, I, I thought it was great. It wasn't perfect. There were some audio issues and things like that. It's, it's not a perfect game. It's, I, I, it's not a nine out of ten game. It's, it's, it's a seven out of ten or an eight out of ten game. But that doesn't mean it's a bad game. That doesn't mean it shouldn't be played. That doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. It's very fun. Um, one of the biggest surprises of the year. I thoroughly played it from start to finish. Right? It 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 was absolutely worth the play. I don't know if I would have paid sixty dollars for it. Right? Um, I but certainly worth the day one game pass play. Probably one of the best uh, day. Like I said, one of the best examples of how you can like how third party developers can utilize Game Pass because this is mm-hmm. a uh, a debuted title from it's squatch games first game i think right because it's Jason. like i believe like, so justin Rowland created the studio um i think and if they have made other things that they're, they're small adult swim games um this is their first major game and they debuted it day one on game pass to overwhelming success it's also uh for for record it's number two in sales on steam it, the only thing in rev and and on Steam, Steam does all of their counting by revenue, not by units sold. The only thing it's behind on Steam is the Steam Deck, which is like uh, between I think four fifty and six fifty, four fifty five fifty. I don't remember the exact range of revenue that a Steam Deck can cost depending on which version you get, but it's only behind the Steam Deck. It's insanity. It's beating out Call of Duty in sales on on steam that's that's wild um that a a indie game is doing that right um and it's it's really high quality um like i said there's only a few bugs there's some bugs with the audio where like sometimes the audio just doesn't work uh for certain characters talking um and 
I I loved the gunplay. I loved the that it was. It, it kind of felt like a first person Ratchet and Clank with less guns, but the guns all had a different like personality, like literally. And I, I I was thoroughly loving every second of it. Supposedly there is a secret ending, so I will be going back to get the secret ending. But I'm you know I'm I'm too entrenched in The Witcher now. Um, the the story was okay. It felt like a, a couple episodes of freaking Morty. Like that, that's, that's what it felt like, and it, it was very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not a particularly good, like narrative, but it's it's funny, and that was the whole point, right? It's a comedy. It's not a, uh, hyper narrative driven game. It is. It is there to like all of the characters are there to be funny and to be like. To, to give you different situations of comedy and, and it, it pulls that off very well in my opinion if you like this style of humor mm -hmm. um, but that's basically all I have to say about it it was it was entertaining mm -hmm. very very good yeah I mean have you ever played the game Oddworld Stranger's Wrath by chance I haven't played any of the Oddworld games they're like on the I kind of want to get them and play them but they're not on the backlog yet mm -hmm. so like, yeah, no, it just, when I first saw this game with the weapons, I'm like, okay, this kind of reminds me of it because uh, it was a first-person game, and it had these uh, weapons, and they're all, like, creature-related, and they ha like mm -hmm. they didn't talk to you or anything. they just be, like, they were very, like, simple creatures, but, you know, they all had a different characteristic to them, a different purpose, and so on, and it, it just heavily reminds me of this game. I mean... I only have Kenny right now, but, like, you know, I've seen the other weapons, and, like, uh, they all have their different functions, their uses, and I just, it, it's very unique to see something like that, to see spins. I Actually, I don't see, like, a lot of games, like, giving personality to their weapons like that, so uh, that's what kind of drew me to the game, and I gotta say, the gunplay is actually a lot tighter than I thought. I mean, yeah, it, it it's is. fun. It's fun. It, it also reminded me uh, slightly of Doom. Yes. Um, it, not not incredibly, right? But like slightly of Doom, and in, in how, like, you kill the enemies and they drop things that give you more shields, and um, you kind of have your rotating wheel of guns that you're just kind of alternating between, and uh, it, it it felt like there was some inspiration there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'd heard a lot of criticisms about just the talking in the game overall. Like, it just it just kind of overloads people. Personally, again, I'm still... I'm only a few hours into the game, but, like, I, I got kind of drawn in easily. I haven't... I didn't really, like... I haven't really been bothered too much about, like, all the conversations going on personally. But, I don't know, what's your thoughts on that, the criticisms on that? Writers for it? So, I mean, I, it didn't bother me, right? But, like, again, Rick and Morty, like, the show is a lot like that. But I, I guess it can be droning because this is, like, more of, like, a, an eight, nine-hour experience mm. than, rather than, like, a 20-minute episode experience. Um, it personally didn't bother me. Uh, but there are sliders that if it's bothering you, you can, like, turn it to, like, 10%. And you should be fine. Like, so, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't particularly bothered by the, the incessant talking. All right. I also incessantly talk, so. 
<laughs> well, that's a good thing for a podcast, right? <laughs> so I guess. Right. So I don't mind. I don't mind when you talk at all. So <laughs> no worries, pal. Um, no, it didn't. It hasn't really bothered me yet. But again, I'm only I'm still early on. So maybe it will get to me, but we will see. Again, guys, I'm not like I haven't actually watched a Rick and Morty show. Maybe I have. Maybe I should. Uh, I know people who are diehard Rick and Morty fans and you know, I, I tell them about High on Life and they're just like scratching their head. I'm like, it's a game made by, you know, the guys, a few of the guys behind uh, Rick and Morty. But I don't know, you try and get people to get into these games. But, you know, try and do some word of mouth advertising. But what can you do? Uh, let's see. Centurion, pal, I know that you've spent time with the game. Sounds like you're pretty far into it. Uh, now, what, what's your thoughts on the game? Um. Well, I've been... I've been trying to at least, you know, hype this game since I found out it was coming out. No, I'm not a Rick and Morty fan. I haven't kept up with that show. I I think I've watched one episode that involved a character called Pickle Rick. Hmm. Um, and that was because a friend of mine wanted me to see it. Um, <laughs> I, at least for me, the reason why I really wanted to at least be excited for this game is this game represents a genre of gaming that is almost considered passe um phil spencer himself even tries to denounce games like this like he doesn't he doesn't want to admit that conquer's bad fur day um kind of helped kind of like make rare who they are he doesn't want to you know it's like anytime you try to bring up conquer's bad fur day uh, instantly Phil Spencer wants to change the conversation. Um, and with how society is getting now, I, you know, like I, if you're out, if you're out here demanding for there to be a Conker's bad fur day game, or you enjoyed South park, the, the stick of truth or the, or the fractured, butt hole, um, you, this is a game up that, up that Avenue of just, really off-putting humor that just makes you go like what the hell did he just say is are they serious but in a way i mean like you're laughing at some of the the whippy things that the weapons say i mean you want to hear it start having real fun put the controller down and don't touch the controller for a few minutes and all of a sudden the control like the, the gun will start acu accusing you of going off and doing things very you know certain things i mean i it was funny i set the controller down and you could hear it yelling at you from across the room on why aren't you playing the game and all of a sudden it starts talking about what are you about the things you could possibly be doing um and it was just making me laugh my ass off um this game definitely i was worried that it was just going to be absolutely just in your face humor but didn't have really strong gameplay um and to answer your question uh crusader they have actually developed other games they've done uh, accounting which was in 2016 uh they did dr splotchy presents space heroes and then the one that a lot of people for some reason mentioned i've never played any of them was trover saves the universe um but this would be their first big big title uh, like wasn't this supposed to come out on stadia Yes, was, this yeah. and yeah. the quarry were supposed to be yeah. Stadia exclusives. And yeah, that and, actually kind of would have been wild. <laughs> and, and right, and now that's the funny part, though. Like this shows that you know Squanch Games could have had this game disappear into the wind, and Microsoft obviously came in, wrote them a check, said, "Hey, let's put this on Game Pass and buy some timed exclusivity," and they pretty much were able to make this not be 
um, like a Typhoon Games type of like Typhoon Games created the uh, the Savage Planet. Google bought them out, made them a first party studio. They shut down Stadia and Typhoon Games literally disappeared into the wind and Journey to the Savage Planet was an awesome game. So it's good to see that Squanch was able to, you know, rise out of the situation that was closed down, what the situation with the closure of Stadia and they brought this game out. And that's what I was like, it goes beyond just the the humor and the the wittiness of everything. I'm actually enjoying the gunplay mechanics. Like, I mean, you're, it's not just shooting a character and you're downing them. Um, you're actually, like, if you shoot them, like, some of them are wearing this, like, jelly-style, like, armor to make them, like, bullet sponges, basically. Um, and when you shoot them in the shoulder, you see, like, the jelly come off on the shoulder or wherever you're shooting. And if you pull off headshots, you'll literally get all the jelly off their head and you'll shoot them one time in the head and the head pops off. Um, and so there, I mean, the gunplay is actually very fun, the different style guns. Um, and as you progress through the game, the guns just don't make com. It's not like they're just these add along characters be that make the gun talk to you. The guns actually hold conversation with you. They hold conversation amongst themselves as you start having more guns on you. Um, and it really made for a very interesting experience, uh, when it came to the actual gameplay. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I've been in, I mean, literally they get high, like they get, the aliens get high on life. The story is basically revolving around the concept of, is it proper to get high off of a living species? But while you're getting high off of them, you're essentially killing them. Um, and it's definitely a very different game. Uh, my wife has been sitting here right next to me watching me play it and even there's times she's like what the hell did they just say <laughs> my my only criticism oh, especially when you know like like comments like hey you let me you want to get my gloop shot out of my trick hole like <laughs> she looked at me for like what the hell did he just say i'm like you heard what he said he didn't stutter um <laughs> but um definitely I have to laugh at these reviewers that seem to act like they're doing the world a service. Like, don't let your kids play this game. What in God's hell did you think? What made you think this game was for kids in the first place? And it has a mature rating for a reason. This game is not for kids. Um, and that's what cracks me up that literally like all these reviewers seem to want to be like acting like something like this shouldn't be allowed but they're all going to go out and champion uh grand theft auto 5 uh for everything it does when literally you can go pick up a hooker and go drive down a back alley in grand theft auto 5 with a hooker but heaven forbid you you have game characters throw the f-bomb at each other multiple times and make a couple sick couple sick crude jokes you know heaven forbid uh my only uh critique on the game is like crusader said um it's not a perfect game. And I think he kind of like, really, it's like good seven, eight, maybe 7.5 hit it in the middle. And it's purely because we've, I've experienced audio issues where in the middle of a conversation with you and an alien and the gun, the, the, the audio cuts out on the gun. And all of a sudden you don't hear the audio and you have to like watch the subtitles, to even know what the gun is saying. Um, I've had one loop. I have a loop box that is currently, I, set, I put it on Twitter trying to find out from the developers over high on life. Is it supposed to be like this? Like I literally have a loop box that's under the ground of the environment. 
I don't think it's supposed to be that way because you could see the two antennas from the uh, loot box sticking up out yeah. of the ground. So that I don't think it's supposed to be that way. Um, sometimes the audio, like, I mean, the music is real low. The speech is real low and you pull the trigger on the gun and you're like scrambling for the T for the surround sound remote because the gun is louder than anything else in the game. So I, you know, I got you could tweak that in the settings of the audio, but I definitely would say there's some good audio issues to the game. Um, and even then, I've had the game crash on me a few times. Like, as a matter of fact, just before I went on Gaming Beyond the Box, I was trying to get through an area, and the game literally crashed at 15 minutes before Gaming Beyond the Box. So I was like, well, that settles that. I'm not getting through that area. I'll pick it up after the shows tonight. Um, so I've written it definitely does some need some more patching a little bit more optimization but definitely hats off to squanch games i mean everybody's talking about this game i had a guy run up to me at work and thank me for telling him about this game's existence he put down call of duty modern warfare 2 to check this game out on game pass and he has thanked me because he's like dude this game is so different and it feels like it's some it was different enough for me to enjoy that i'm playing something completely different that i haven't seen in a while and he's even playing it with like it's entertaining for somebody to sit next to you not even playing the game just to watch this crazy stuff take place in this game um mm -hmm. i mean if you haven't played it it's in game pass you got to check it out definitely don't blow this game off um because it, it was definitely one of those those it's going to be one of those gems of 2022 mm -hmm. i mean again there's some things that i kind of roll my eyes at in the dialogue but overall i think oh. i think it's all right but i'm just saying like overall though there's a lot of things in the game that i'm really appreciating like again the textures are nice character models and so on even if it is like a oh, cartoon yeah. world the world is very engrossing again i'm a big fan of color um in uh, game worlds uh, even like the soundtrack, you know, the soundtrack's kind of mellow, but it's, I, I kind of like it personally. The soundtrack can be very alien too. Like, I mean, they have like, it almost like it's deliberately distorted to make it sound weird because it's an alien environment. You could go from a brown desert environment on one planet to like, you were talking like Ze uh, Zephyr, the, uh, or the, yeah, Zephyr, the one planet where it literally yeah. is rivers of bright green slime and purple and pink trees and i mean a lot of color um dude we could go on about this all mm -hmm. night i mean it definitely is a really great game for a developer to really kind of set the bar for their own developer to show like hey this is what we can this is what we can create it's also shown microsoft that just because it's a game under the pretext of it being a very adult oriented game uh, could still be successful on game pass. The whole world doesn't have to revolve around these very, uh, you know, publicly acceptable titles, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. I just love like, again, the little things that I appreciate. I mean, heck Tammy and the T-Rex, that movie from the nineties. Oh, Holy crap. The full movies on there. There's more than just Tammy and the T-Rex on there. You can warp in a movie theater that has like a old school 80s B-rated horror movie. There uh they even had like the beginning of Vampire Hookers on the uh the television. You could definitely see that these guys have 
definitely put some cult classic B-rated movies stashed in the game. There's a lot of Easter eggs for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, can, I, I had to do a double take on Tammy and the T-Rex because I was when I walked by, I was like, holy shit, is that Paul Walker? <laughs> well, I definitely knows Denise Richards, that's for sure. And well, then no, I'm like... of course, Denise Richards, that was a given, but that's what caught your eye at first was Denise Richards obviously doing the dance, but <laughs> then all of a sudden you see this skinny-ass blonde guy walking in with football equipment, and you're like, oh, my God, is that Paul Walker? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to hit up somebody else on the panel now. I know you guys haven't had a chance to play it, but General MLD, buddy, I know you've been keeping up to date on this game. Seems like uh, you're interested in it. Uh, I don't know. What's your take on High End Life? Uh, you know, have you seen the the reactions to it on social media? And, like, I don't know, what, what, what are you thinking of the reaction so far? Well, I think, uh, it was said before, I think we're all a little blown away by just how much engagement this game is is getting right now uh it had a bit of a light marketing push and i think we, we were all concerned about that but the word of mouth is is far and away i think uh, the best asset this game has for marketing like gamers are just ex are just intrigued about it and telling each other about it and the more i see it on on, on social media the more um I, I, before i was on the fence but now it's definitely a game i'm gonna try like right now, I'm playing Far Cry 6, but after that's done, I'm going to go right right into this game. Because, um, I mean, first-person shooters, that's my favorite genre. It's on Game Pass, so like, what do I have to lose? And it looks like, I think the humor, though, is the biggest uh, thing. If you don't like the humor, maybe the game won't be for you, but I actually do watch Rick and Morty. At first, maybe I'm thinking, would this be too much of a good thing? Like, I can watch Rick and Morty for half an hour, but for like a full uh, eight hour, 10 hour game, maybe that'd be a little bit too much, but from what I'm seeing online, it looks like it, it just, it nails it almost perfectly. So if you're into that kind of humor, and I do like how the humor isn't as what, like strictly what PC, should I say? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why some reviewers are docking it a few points because the humor is so raw. And I, I also like that. Like personally, I think, yeah, we should get more games like this that are just, yeah, that have that kind of, yeah, kind of raw humor so that's another pro for me so yeah i mean happy to see it doing well and it's a good, good way for xbox to end the year on some kind of high note uh with uh exclusive content even though it's timed um the fact that yeah, at least for, for for whatever 2022 was to people at least uh yeah this is actually pretty positive for the brand and a good way to lead into uh 2023 so but otherwise the game looks great um like it's kooky, uh, you don't, yeah, it's unique. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm on board now. Like, and I, I do like that. Uh, yeah, all this positive word of mouth is just really, it's bringing in a lot of people, a lot of new people, including guys like myself that were on the fence. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should be fun. I think you'll really appreciate it. I mean, I, I didn't know that you were already a Rick and Morty fan, but I can tell you right now, the mechanics are definitely there, and the world is. Well, it's very interesting. Like, honestly, like, I sat down with it last night. I started off. I wasn't intending to play all that much. And then an hour and a half went by, and I was just like, oh, my God, I got to go to bed. But I don't want to because it just kept sucking me in. So Nice. I also hear it's like a Metroidvania kind of thing. A little bit, Boy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I like those two. Like, it just makes me think of, like, Metroid Prime on the GameCube just – going back to old areas with, with new equipment and just discovering a whole new part of it. Uh, I, I like that kind of stuff as well. So 
Yeah, this. Yeah, I, I'm really surprised that the its Metacritic is so low. Like, is would you in your in you guys uh, in your opinions? Would you say that's because of of the humor isn't agreeing with the with the reviewers? Is that like the main reason? Um, I think yeah. that it's a little skewed numerically because there aren't a ton of reviews. There's only like 15 the last I checked. Maybe there are more now. Hmm. Um, and hmm. because of that, when when you a, any number skews it more dramatically because in in a proper aggregate you have, you know, with with game reviews you have 50 to 60 normally in 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 most large games. And there's only like 10 to 15 here, so like every single review holds more weight percentage wise. Right. And so there, there was like a three out of ten, and there might have been a zero out of ten. I didn't see the zero out of ten. I thought I'll have to check on that. But I know there was a three out of ten on day one, and that skews it a lot because essentially a thirty percent. Yeah, um, it seems a little biased, like in the wrong direction. I, and I, so I, I don't. Honestly, I would put it at a like seventy-five to an eighty-five, like somewhere in that range. Like it's not God's gift to man in game form, right? Like it's not that good. Um, it's just very good and very funny. Um, and honestly, a breath of fresh air compared to a, a lot of other games, but just because it's a breath of fresh air doesn't necessarily mean that it is something that should be critically acclaimed. Does that make sense? Because there's, 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 a, there's a weird thing with how reviewers review stuff versus how what the common fan will think about stuff. We see that in movies all the time, right? Like, this movie has, like, a... 90% reviewer score but like a 30% audience score or the exact opposite like it's it's not it's not like solely in games yeah um, and to be fair this it does take sh like somebody said in the chat it does take shots specifically at like Kotaku and a few other oh, yeah. gaming websites that's really funny yeah so maybe um, I shouldn't be too surprised with some of the scores <laughs> um I, I and I don't know it didn't have a lot of day one uh, reviews. It didn't seem like they gave many codes out, to be honest with you. Um, let me go to Open Critic right now, and I just want to see how many things are on Open Critic because that aggregates both PC and, yeah. and console. Because I feel like now that this game is just blowing up in terms of word of mouth, I think some other some reviewer sites should. I I would think they would get on this game now, try and get some uh some fresh traffic in. So, I want to at least just point out when it comes to like. This is why I don't like Metacritic and I don't like how these game companies literally do game reviews. I understand that you got that it is a business that a lot of people are sometimes stretched in, especially a lot of games are being released, but it should always come down to finding the right person to do the review. Like if the person enjoys watching horror movies like Wilmyhood, you're not going to go have him go review uh, a movie like uh, an action like movie like the matrix or something like that and expect to get an objective opinion from somebody whose main preference is towards horror movies and same with games um, you need to find somebody who is a Rick and Morty fan so that way they can base it off of the the comedy from the television show but also somebody that is also a comedic uh, fan in general somebody that could sit down and watch South Park Rick and Morty and is a big fan of like old school raunchy comedies that like national lampoons and like it just feels like that like a lot of the problem is they're handing this game to reviewers that would rather 
not be reviewing a game like this because they can't handle the humor. They they almost feel like that they're like 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 the, it's basically this game is beneath them because of the humor and some of the plot the plot lines. And that's where I just really feel this game is getting a very like shitty into the stick when it comes to reviewers because of the fact that literally some of the reviewers that have been reviewing this game would rather go down the rabbit hole of this is just a problem. This is a problem with society. You know, we shouldn't be accepting these kind of things. This game, you know, has all these colorfuls and it's animated and it's going to attract children and then children are going to play this crap. And it's like, dude, if you're a proper parent, you like I growing up as a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons regardless of it being a damn cartoon because it was an adult oriented cartoon. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons growing up as a kid until I was like in freaking like the eighth grade. So that's where I just kind of like have to like, kind of like roll my eyes when you see reviews that want to somehow all of a sudden talk about how, like, because of the cartoon nature of this game, it, it's somehow going to affect the children of this world because they're going to all want to play this game. And I'm uh -huh. like, well, you know, you that sounds like a that. that sounds like a crutch to lean on to kind of validate their own personal views, maybe. Uh huh. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, it is an issue with the parent sense. So don't act like, yeah, like, yeah. I read one article that rather than talking about the game, it almost came off as a as a public service announcement on to keep little kids away from this game because of A, B, C, and D. Rather than talking about what the game offers as a uh, as a video game, we're now going to go talk about how come this is basically just another product of a, a part of society that we don't want to talk about. Mm. So I'm looking at the average uh, scores on on everything. The, the, I can't find a zero out of ten anywhere. I saw someone talking about that in chat. Mm. There's no official review that's a zero out of ten. There are some user reviews that are zero out of ten, but that always happens with with user Quite reviews. That's, that's just. <laughs> That's just how some people review. Um, the lowest I can find from an official reviewer is the 3 out of 10. There's a bunch of 4 out of 10s as well. Um, the average user score for the Series X version is an 8.2, and the PC version is a 7.7. .7. So it's about in between that 8.5 and 7.5, where I said I would put it somewhere in there. Um, and, uh, yeah. It, uh... It's good. It's just not. I I wouldn't call it like incredible. Like I wouldn't nominate this for game of the year. Does that make sense? Um, for sure. I, I I might do it for like the fan, like the the player's choice of the year kind of thing, where it's more like. Uh, that that one game that kind of just like stood out, and that like this game stands out. It's just not like. That jaw dropping just piece of content that you'd be expecting. It's a guilty pleasure game, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it is a guilty pleasure game. That is exactly um, the best way to describe quick, it. Question, though. Would you consider yeah. this a double-A or a triple-A game? Um, I don't know. I, I, I hate labels, like taxonomical labels like that. Um, <laughs> if we had to, I'd say double-A for sure, almost borderline triple-A because of, it's like, once it's polished and optimized, dude, I mean, it's a good-looking game. It has great mechanics to it. It's 
it's not like, oh, hey, we're just going to make an edgy game that's going to have all this this humor to it to, for, like, entertainment value. I mean, there is literally a good mechanical functioning game underneath there. Yeah. Okay. If you were to force my hand, I'd probably say an indie double-A. Like, an independent developer had the funding of a double-A studio. Maybe something like the original Hellblade? Um... No, because that actually had a huge budget. Like that—that's that is that's more along the lines of what I, I would agree with. Uh, like, like that's the Centurion line where it's like double A bordering on triple A. Um, mm. th I would say that this is a, a little bit less than that. I get like, uh, uh, what was it, Journey to the Savage Planet kind of like size kind of vibes personally. Yeah, it. it... If someone was to say, "Oh yeah, it's a triple A game," I wouldn't dispute them, right? Like I don't, I don't really want to argue, like, like argue or debate it. Um, I, I, it's just not a small game. It's not a, it's not a little like bite-sized game. It's, it's a game game. It's, it's like a full game. So if you want to call it double A or triple A, I, I, I like, but, I could see the your your point. Well, you know what I mean? The, like it's the voice cast is definitely like again. There's enough there yeah. that you could be like, okay, you know what? They, there's a, like, I mean, there is a lot of like. I don't want to say polish per se, but like there's a lot there with the uh, the voice acting and whatnot. I think a yeah, lot of that is on par. They had a bunch of really good voice actors in it too. Um, there, there's some spoilers later on. There's some they got some famous people. <laughs> okay. Um, but like that's becoming normal in gaming, which is really exciting. That like we get everything from like regular VAs to like famous people who want to come in and 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 be in games, right? Um. Like, uh, what, what was that game? It was a very controversial indie game, 12 Minutes. Oh, yeah. That had, like, an all-star cast, which was oh, yeah. wild. William Defoe. It, well, right. it, it had William Defoe. It had the, the new Professor X from X-Men, James Avery. Avery. And the girl from Star Wars. The new had, Star yeah, Wars the girl game. from Star Daisy Wars. Daisy right. yeah. Yep, I yeah. forgot about her. Yeah, it, 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 like, that, that game had, like, a wild cast. But, like, the, the, it, it's really hard... To class to say how I'd classify this game because typically AA AAA is all based on like actual financial budgets and like your your staff and stuff like that and I don't know I I don't know enough about Squanch games or how much went into making this game I don't know how much Google threw at this game to begin with I don't know how much Microsoft then later threw at the game I don't know how much they invested into the game mm -hmm. themselves but it, it's big enough that if someone was to say AAA or AA I yeah, I don't, go well, crazy. I don't, I'm I don't. pretty sure uh, Roland, because of obviously being involved in the production of Rick and Morty, um, and he probably was very familiar with the concept of animation style voiceover, and he probably made connections with people who are very prominent figures in the voiceover community when it comes to actual voiceover for television, and I, I really feel like it, it translated well into this because it at times it felt like you're just watching a cartoon. Um, also, some of the some of the reviewers may have reviewed it slightly poorly because like it released before its day one patch did. I don't know if any of you heard about that. Oh really? I huh. played it the night it came out. I played it at like eight o'clock at night because it it just became available on Game Pass. So I started playing it, and it didn't. Its frame rate was 60, but it had a rendering issue that made it look like its frame rate was not 60. It's it, it's really fascinating to like I, I was uh, listening to um John Linneman talk about it uh, from Digital Foundry because he had this whole thing created about like it, it it has a really weird rendering issue, and then they had a patch out the next morning. Hmm. 
Um, and it fixed because uh, I almost put the game down because it was kind of almost nauseating to look at because it was like it it was 60 FPS but it felt like it was 30 but it was 60 and like it it just was really weird to look at and it kind of made me motion sick and it went away and so I got I didn't bring that up but like it was it 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 did have a its day one patch launched bef after the game launched. Hmm. Maybe. I think Xbox released it early on accident. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Um. Yeah, they released it at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like eight ten o'clock at night for me, like the day before it was supposed to come out. So they did release yeah. it early. Yeah. But I think they've released what two major patches now? Yeah, they've released two two. Yeah, at least two. That that first one launched the morning of because I was because I was talking how I was a little bit disappointed with my friends that it that there was a patch and then they 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 announced it like a few hours later like oh we have a patch coming out tomorrow morning for that will fix the issues that people are complaining about and everyone was like oh hmm. okay <laughs> interesting um, interesting I want to see the the user reviews on Steam real quick before we move on go for it uh, I'm on the page now Shockley buddy I want to get your thoughts on high on life I know you haven't uh, played it yet but you sound pretty interested in it so far that you want to uh, give it a shot sometime soon uh, what do you think about the reactions to it so far I mean it seems to be getting some pretty positive overall reactions and as uh, Crusader was going over the analytics of everything yeah I think once people get their hands on it um, I mean especially how popular i mean and you might not find the rick and morty humor uh kind of funny or you know from that creator um so it could be totally hit or miss on people for sure um but you know that that's definitely done well for itself um with in incorporating pop culture humor so um i mean i'm definitely interested in getting it especially some of the clips that people Set like where they're making, you know, that's the cool part is that they're, you know, know where to make fun of themselves to, you know, they know they're not like a triple A game. They know, hey, this might not be in their budget. Okay, this is what we had to work with. Um, and then so they're like, you know, criticizing themselves, like with, you know, saying, hey, Kotaku, you know, this is a for IGN, <laughs> you know, critiquing themselves. Um, and then some of the other humor. Uh, where the weapons are talking to each other, where I saw somebody like stab somebody, <laughs> and then the, the knife is like going at it. It's, I, I found that pretty funny. So it's like a lot of people I saw uh, saw some of those clips and they were like even more intrigued. So I think it's kind of like that, you know, word of mouth of like, because you didn't know what to expect from it from like some of the first clips that you saw at like Xbox's showcase, because it just seemed like some, like some of the humor wasn't coming across in those clips maybe because obviously they probably had to be more like pg in the mm -hmm. in those clips yeah whereas some of the clips going on twitter you're getting even more humor that you didn't get um in the initial like trailers so some people are like oh okay that's it goes that hard okay um so i think yeah it's just gonna be definitely big word of mouth um i don't know i don't know why they didn't send out review codes to more that that part was weird because I mean, even if it's like bad, like people are gonna find out if it's like good or bad. So I don't understand the like, hey, there's only three reviews or five reviews here. So people are trying to figure out like anything about it because people because it's and especially because there was no you go that route of like not having the review codes, but you also had 
like people forgot this game was even releasing. So I don't know why they weren't promoting it hard uh, for Game Pass. Like a lot of times they'll do like little, you know, promoting the shit out of a game that's about to drop in Game Pass. Although lately that has, I guess, not been the case because I feel like this happened with uh, what was that game with the fox? That was kind of like Zelda. Tunic. 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 I feel yeah. like it kind of had the same treatment where it was just like it kind of not shadow drop, but it was. Like the weeks leading up to it, I don't there know wasn't that anyone much thought talk. this game was going to be this popular. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be this popular. I thought it would be popular, but I ain't gonna do these kind of numbers. Yeah, it was hard well, to say. Thing with Game Pass, people like saw some of that humor. And they're like, "Oh shit, let me try that out because that looks." I think the humor kind of grabs them in more than say like a tunic would. They might see like, oh, okay, this artsy looking game i don't know if i want to touch that but that humor that part was funny let me try that Mm -hmm. yeah no i mean uh it was hard to say like you said uh like with the initial impressions of the game but as time went on we saw some more around late august september there was like a little bit of a blowout for the game and uh, the only thing i've been surprised with how mum xbox was with marketing it because I mean, there's been a lot of good word of mouth because of people playing it the past few days, but, uh, I mean, Xbox is marketing themselves. You think they'd be a little more uh, open and trumpeting this game over the, you know, uh, like a week before it came out. That's what we were just kind of scratching our heads about. But... Well, I, I think you, you guys mentioned it before. It's the same reason why I feel Spencer will always want to change the subject when Ratchet, no, not Ratchet, when Conquer's Bad Fur Day is brought up. <laughs> I think it's that kind of humor that it's not very executive friendly to get into, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm with General on that statement. That I feel like that's probably one of the reasons why Xbox is like, uh, if you guys want to market the game, you deal with that because, like, what if people don't, like, I mean, let's let's be frank. Every company in America right now is scared to death of cancel culture. Hmm. Yeah, but like then they, they have, have to go on it play now, anyway. The next yeah. one, please. They have to. It they, have, they, they literally sell two Conquer Bad Fur Days like on their store. Like they sell the they you know they went even in did the uh, backwards compatibility for the remake after they already released re- Rare Replay. Um, hmm. I don't know. It just oh yeah. Well, they can do it, but... And they just promoted this game. Didn't they, like, kind of help cater this? I mean, they gave this game a bag, but didn't they, their Xbox studios trying to help, like, get them to port it over to Xbox after they got all their, you know, shit shut down at Stadia? (laughs) So it's like they're kind of putting a promotion here of, like, hey, we do endorse this humor. (laughs) So, like, you might as well. I don't know why everybody like wants to criticize a game for having this humor or having some of the, you know, just the off-putting dark humor or the, or the sexual comments when literally the the, ever, like how many copies of Grand Theft Auto five have been sold a game that literally, you know, you go buy a hooker and hang down an alleyway and you can go run amok and actually, you know, rampage on the streets and just shoot innocent people for kicks and giggles. We've got Call of Duty where literally the whole concept of Call of Duty is killing human beings. And for some reason, this game is very considered like counterculture, you know, like this is bad for society. 
And it's like, dude, I accidentally shot an innocent person in this game and the gun bitched me out for it. That doesn't happen in Call of Duty or in freaking Grand Theft Auto. Like, like somebody doesn't walk up and be like, dude, you're a freaking monster. What the F is your problem? Kenny told me that when I accidentally shot somebody. Yeah, and I wanted to shoot like the little furry things on Zephyr, but he wouldn't let me. And I was like, oh, come on, man. Uh, right? Game has 90% on Steam reviews. Oh, that's. With uh, over 2,000. Almost 2,400 reviews. Damn, that's uh, mm -hmm. pretty impressive so in it's my book. Highly positive. Or very positive is the term that Steam uses. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, really polarizing between that and, and the media reviews. Like, really in interesting. I, it, as someone who follows media reviews for like almost every movie that launches, it's it's it really not shocking. That's just how a lot of stuff that's common with people is not critically reviewed well. Because there's really a difference in like what the point of a critic like a critic review is versus uh um an end user's opinion is going to be on it now you can say maybe the critic should be more like the end user i personally believe that myself but there's a different they they, they treat stuff differently and it, it happens in tv film as like just as much as it happens in games hmm. um yeah, no, I, I hear you, uh, Crusader. I honestly do. It's just uh, kind of uh, baffling. I mean, this isn't the first time in recent memory that we've seen such a a gap between uh, user reviews and, uh, like, game journalist reviews. Yeah. It's just kind of, I don't know. It's just, it's just The reverse is usually more common in gaming. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, you're right. Yeah, that's true. That's the reverse true. is usually more common in gaming. Um, uh, and in, in TV film... It's usually the opposite. It's usually that they... It's usually this, like this case. Um, it, it's not usually that critics review something well and fans don't. Um, in, in games, it seems to be the opposite of, of TV film, but it, it happens a lot. And it, it, it just has... It happens to be the, the personalities of the critics versus the average personality of your average user. That, that's, how it, that's how it happens everywhere. In, in everything. All right. Because your personality determines how you're going to be, how you're going to review, and you have to be someone who wants to review stuff to get a job as a re like. Like if you're going to take a job as a reviewer, you you obviously want to review the stuff, and the typically those types of people all have similar sentiments because they're educated similarly. They they, they usually share similar views. That's just how it pans out. It's it's just. It's fascinating to study like the, these microcosms and stuff. I, I did it for a little bit in one of my math courses. Not not this in particular, mind you, but like something similar to this, where you'll typically like like college professors will all act similarly for the most part on on average because they're all educated in the same way and stuff like that, and they they all have the they, they shared the same views on how education works and stuff like that. Even though the common person might not be educated properly that way, it's 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 all it's a very interesting. Uh, subject mm -hmm. very boring though <laughs> uh, in some ways but very interesting nonetheless um guys we'll round this one up any other uh comments on high on life before we move on yes no all right all right we'll move on but high on life like i'll be playing it throughout uh this week uh, i've got a lot more time on my hands right now or i 
well, there's definitely I've definitely opened up a bit more, so I want to go through this one. It has me intrigued. It's sucking me in, and uh, I, I can't wait to uh, dive into it more. It's very uh, the world is very engrossing, uh, to say the least. Uh, guys in the chat and everyone tuning in, uh, if you're enjoying the show, then hey, remember to hit that like button and share this out as hey, we would love to have more people here joining us and to see, uh, to see more uh, comments in the chat. Yeah, because uh, we love to, uh, to uh, see every little thing you guys type there. Okay, uh, moving on to some other bits of news, fellas, and we sort of touched on this a bit on the last show. Uh, there seems to be rumors building up of Xbox hosting their own like show or event early in the new year to get the ball rolling on hyping up games that, well, basically we, we know that are coming in 2023. Uh, various people in media are hearing things, such as Windows Central's uh, Jess Corden. There's been a few others I've noticed. But anyways, uh, Eric Shockley, buddy, uh, my very astute friend, what do you uh, make of these rumors? Uh, what do you think the likelihood is of Xbox hosting like something early in the in, in the new year? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was that, uh, I guess, message or tweet that they had about you know stay tuned you know there's going to be news you know very soon now i don't know what they hopefully soon they mean before e3 <laughs> or just you know saying like later sometime you know you won't have to wait too long um so hopefully there's something in in january maybe that's why they were holding out or there is all that talk of like they were holding out not showing anything because of the Activision deal that was going through and how they're getting pressed pretty hard with the uh, FTC looming. Um, but then again, Sony, you know, but they're, you know, they showed off some stuff too. So, and they had, you know, obviously their games there at the awards. Um, so I don't think that would be the case because even, even if they showed off anything, it would be probably stuff that's like further out, probably stuff that's not, because uh, people were expecting, like, hey, you should have showed off Starfield and Red and Redfall. They're supposed to be coming out this year. If you didn't show it off, like, are these games coming out? And, like, recently we've gotten footage from, like, Redfall, like, a, I think a couple different times. Um, maybe they need to show off more in Starfield, but that's probably still later. Probably probably later in the year up would be my guess. Unless be in the first half. It's, oh, okay. Uh, well, everything from out. the June showcase that was first party is supposed to be in the first half. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I mean, I, I don't think they would be showing that stuff just yet. They probably want to wait where it's, like, closer to release because they've already showed, like, kind of the pre-stuff that was, like, probably, like, mid-development with some of the uh, last showings that we probably saw from Red Redfall. And probably now, in between that gap and the gap, you know, the, where it's almost fully polished they probably want to wait probably closer to the event plus you're going to hype up the game with like you maybe like the month or weeks leading in to it releasing so that might make more sense to hold off and show off something that's going to come out later like maybe in the next you know year and a half two years i could see them showing that off at this past award show and that not really affecting the the whole ftc thing because it'd be it's not like, hey, look, we have, you know, six different big AAA games coming out this year. 
So un unless they just didn't have anything that was going to fit that build, but, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the, uh, sorry, my bad, <laughs> just lost it. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, let's try just trying to pull up that link again. I had it right there. My bad. <laughs> But, oh, as far as them uh, being too quiet, I, I think they kind of set themselves up for that as far as like uh, on this one, they because the past one, they've been always announcing at least something. It's never been like something really big except for like their first big announcement. Um, they did show off that gameplay, but it was very limited for Hellblade. So, I, I mean, as game wise, they haven't really had like huge things other than just saying, hey, this game's starting in development. You know, it's coming. And then there was just like the very sliver of gameplay we saw for Hellblade 2. Um, but it's just exacerbated because they don't have any games. So, if, you know, if Sony didn't show up with Death Stranding here to show up, you know, for their announcement in uh, uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West, you know, gameplay or expansion, they don't have to show up for that because they nailed it this year. So <laughs> they have game. So I think that's where it's where people are more upset uh, as far as them not showing up at the Game Awards uh, with something because they thought, hey, well, you didn't release anything this past year. At least you'll give us, like, you know, some big announcement for a game and at least, like, you know, get us excited about that. So when they were just kind of absent, I think that's what kind of, like, rubbed people the wrong way. And then that's where you had, like, Ryan McCaffrey and other people writing articles like, this is, you know, disgrace is terrible. <laughs> um but hopefully they got something coming soon. Hopefully both those games, if both those games hit in this first half, like that, that's what people are asking for. Is like, is this going to be the turnaround? Because we thought that, that uh, you know, the turnaround was going to start with Halo Infinite. Like, yeah. okay, here from out, out from this point on, we're we're good. <laughs> and then that ended up not being the case. It ended up being a complete donut this year. So now people are saying, okay, is this is this it? Or are we just going to be like? You know, say these kind of games do release in the first half. Is it just going to be completely nothing until the fall of 2024 <laughs> before we see another AAA game? So that's it. There's optimism, but people are also looking at like, we, well, it's that whole waiting thing, you know. And unfortunately, when you you know abandon, you know, actually investing, you know, Xbox, Microsoft got involved in the whole console ring, and then they just kind of were there for the wrong, re you know, kind of for the wrong reasons. They didn't really want to be in there. Half, you know, probably half the execs probably didn't actually care about Xbox, you know, in the whole gaming space, other than just to be a thorn in, you know, Sony's side in the entertainment market <laughs> yeah. in the living room. Um, and then they started like, oh, wait, now we're actually, this is, we could actually make a lot of business, a lot of money. This is where a lot of entertainment is actually going. But then it's kind of a little too late. You know, at this point, you have to catch up. You do have to buy big studios. Otherwise, by the time you actually develop and catch up, it's going to be, you know, late into this next decade. You're going to be so far behind in console sales. You're going to have to, you know, lose even more money trying to subsidize, you know, hardware in the console market and having low sales like Xbox One sales. <laughs> and, you know, to actually sustain until you actually get and build it up, you know, the right organic way. So it is what it is. That's why you could have done it during the 360 era. You didn't. Now it's 10 times harder. So 
but we'll see how they're uh, hopefully they're they turn around this year and those uh they do have something early in this uh upcoming year to get us excited but we'll see otherwise it's gonna every month it's just gonna get worse and worse for them as far as like when's this announcement when's this show because you know you're already having rumors and then people get hyped up about these rumors and then they just turn out to be nothing you know don't actually hit so well that's the thing they haven't shot them down either right yeah so... I, I don't think they usually they'll usually just let it ride out and then sometimes it ends up being like oh we thought this was gonna happen well you didn't say anything well we didn't say there was anything but you know we'll see kind of i don't know he said that we wouldn't have to wait long for news that's when people are already complaining yeah, about, <laughs> about first what yeah when people are already complaining about stuff and he says we don't have to wait long he that's his own damn fault if he didn't set the expectations properly as one of the heads of marketing <laughs> like <laughs> i uh i i don't know how to uh I, I don't know how to say that any differently like like if 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 they start questioning why like why we were hoping for something in January, they're they're crazy. They're crazy. You said don't wait long. But what's said, long? Don't wait, we said we don't have to wait long after not showing up to the most viewed gaming event of the year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> As Brap likes to say, that's not quantifiable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this saw some Brap's tweets. But uh, but yeah, we can't quantify what does don't wait long mean because yeah. at least in your history, we don't know. But, <laughs> well, don't say that. At least give us a date. Say like yeah. spring, or at least we have an idea of a window. Wait long means like oh, it's probably next month, yeah. and it's probably not next month. <laughs> it's probably March, or if there even is a thing. Pond? Who knows? Yeah, it's kind of uh, open to uh interpretation at this point uh again they're very uh quiet at the moment uh, not divulging very much uh mld what do you think about uh i don't want to say radio silence per se from xbox but i guess a lot of people you know were wanting to hear something and i again uh, some uh media folk they've uh seemed to be hearing chattering behind the scenes of something uh, do you think, uh, do you believe that we'll be getting some kind of a show, hopefully, to, uh, again, like, showcase uh, these upcoming games, like, hopefully, like, what, January, February, something like that? Do you see something like that? Uh, do you believe the rumors uh, from what we've been seeing? Oh, yeah, I do believe we'll see something uh, relatively soon. I, I doubt January. If I had to bet, I would say February. Because uh, I feel like Redfall should hit somewhere in Q1. So let's just say for the latest possible date, that will be March 30th or whatever, right? You would have to kind of announce that and start a marketing push at least a month in advance. Kind of like how uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, that was given like kind of, uh, kind of a last minute marketing push when it was time to scoot some on PlayStation. So that's my thing there. Um, as far as the Game Awards thing, absence goes, I mean, what's done is done. You can change it, but whatever whatever reasons they had, the, I think we can all agree it was a missed opportunity. And at least, you know, Aaron Greenberg, Xbox, they, they could read the room. They see how we were disappointed and wanted more. So I think they know they're, I think they know they're on, on the last, the fans are on the kind of like the last bits, the last straw of, of patience here. Like, 2023 is is do or die, essentially. 
and I get it. They gotta, they kind of maybe have to maintain a certain image for the regulators. But at the same time, though, you're you're running out of goodwill, even from your biggest fans as well. Uh, all we all we need is just something simple, like just just do something that won't won't make your regulators like give them ammo. Like maybe just give release dates for uh, Redfall, uh, Minecraft Legends, uh, Ghostfire Tokyo for Xbox. Um, let's see, they already have Age of Empires 2, uh, maybe, hey, GoldenEye, that was supposed to be given to us this year, that's nowhere in sight, so maybe give us a release date for that. Um, yeah, at least things that are going to be releasing at least in the next few months. Um, I'm sure Starfield, that will be its own event. Todd Howard, he likes to make a spectacle of it, he likes, he wants to have a, a full, a full-length video to talk about it and walk us through it, so I feel like that will be its own event. So I mean, there's that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think eh, they got they can't wait too long. I feel like March will be too late. Yeah, they gotta start at least just giving us release dates of what is coming, and I think they know that. So I'm optimistic. I think 2023 is gonna be a great year, and um, yeah, it's just a matter of time. This year's almost up anyway. This <laughs> this year's largely a wash. I mean, we got high on life. People are having fun with that. Let's just put everything in 2023 and make that like one of the best years Xbox has ever had. I f we'll, look, we'll look back on 2022 and just laugh after if 2023 is just nailed it perfectly. So, yeah, I'm, ho I'm hoping for the best. All right. All right. No, that's Didn't they fair. say uh, coming soon on Goldeneye? And we still yeah. never saw anything about it. <laughs> he Another... said it would be by the end of 2022 and it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. soon as they said uh, on a already made game from 30 years ago. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, uh, well, again, maybe that uh, gives more uh, credence to, uh, you know, they're holding stuff back for their own little event, show, whatever it may be. You never know. So. Oh, and there's one thing I saw I on Twitter. Nintendo is going to announce when that one's coming, honestly, because they own part of the rights to it, which is why it hasn't happened, like, years past. So like that that's be, a weird yeah. flux of like it'll come when both when both Xbox and Nintendo are ready to do that. I actually don't think Goldeneye will be at whatever event they have. Mm. Well, also that, that's I came across this on Twitter actually. You guys, mm -hmm. have you guys seen that the some 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 executive on Xbox or whatever they were saying how like they were, they finished building a studio. Yeah, I, I was gonna talk about that uh, it, when 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 I go uh, MLD. It's a it's a it's not a game studio. It's a production studio. No, I mean, that's what I meant. meant. Like, for, like, yeah. uh, like an inside Xbox kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yes, th that's what we think it's for. Like, they didn't expressly say anything. They, the guy quickly deleted his tweet. Um, Interesting. Okay. But um, we do. there is a thread up for it on r slash gaming leaks and rumors. Um, they, they do have a production studio for filming oh. stuff now, evidently. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I wasn't aware of this. Yeah. I, I can put the link to the the thread in the in the Discord. All right, that'd be good. Yeah, because they have screenshots of the of the original tweet. Because I think people have been saying a lot that Xbox should kind of do a state of play slash Nintendo Direct kind of approach, and not only rely on these big events in the year, just just to give gamers a little uh, less waiting time in between, even if it's only like twenty minute stuff, or anything. Yeah, like multiplats or the odd exclusive things like that. Yeah, I mean, if if the rumors are true, then yeah, then they're finally listening, and I, I wouldn't mind that kind of format to bring back inside Xbox, but make the but make the format just better. 
like and give people notice as to what to expect. I think it could really work. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe the wait soon is the whole woe long, because I see that's coming out early first week of March. So they're going to probably hype that up. And that's our oh, yeah. that's our news. You don't have to wait. Soon. I mean, I'm hyped about that game coming to Game Pass, but that could be what he means. <laughs> I'm just thinking low expectations. Well, I know we Age Empires Two it, is January. Yes. <laughs> Age, Age Empires Two is January 31st. It is the only Xbox oh, yeah. first party game that has an official date. You know what? January yeah. saved. Persona Four Golden's coming next month. And three. You know what? We're good. And, and Monster, Monster Hunter. And Monster Hunter. Month, yeah. That should um, be good. Yeah, like, that's true. The the third party <laughs> offerings they're like that have dates throughout the year that are announced for game pass they're, they're going to be solid and they, they are listed like that's not even a problem like, yeah. I, I don't i legitimately don't need this event for them to tell to show me the third yeah. parties that are coming like like it, they have dates they're coming that, that's fine I, I want another first party shit uh does atomic heart have a release date or is yeah, it just it's february? february it's late february like i think it's yeah. like february 18th or something like yeah that. 21st okay. yeah the the need for an actual show from Microsoft is not is nothing to do with like even Game Pass itself. We have plenty of dates for shit that's coming in literally the first three months. It's literally just their first party games. Yeah, that's literally yeah. That, that, that's, it, that's it. Because there's just a giant question mark on a whole bunch of those studios and their games. So yeah, and it would be nice to have some answers. That's all. That's all. Um. Centurion Pal, I mean, what do you think? We've been hearing rumblings of a, a little show or just something. Something's in the works. It's interesting with uh, Crusader and MLD mentioning uh, them working on something production related. Like, what do you think could be going on here? Do you think uh, they're holding stuff back for uh, a possible show, an event, whatever it may be? What are your thoughts on all these rumblings? Oh, man, you see, th this is where I get torn. Uh, I'm obviously an Xbox fan, but I'm also a business person. Um, as an Xbox fan, it really sucked this year watching the Game Awards that didn't have really anything when it came to Microsoft's first-party offerings. Um, I mean, yeah, they have been real quiet on these games being, you know, when are they actually going to come out? Where's some good, serious gameplay? Um, and as much as, you know, people don't want to admit it, that's where, you know, I can at least accept my, if Microsoft called, if, you know, Phil Spencer called me up right now and said we had to do it because of the FTC thing, I would understandably be like, okay, I understand that. But now let's talk about the other half of the business equation. You're creating a marketing nightmare right now. Yeah. Um, you're, you, you have completely alienated the fan base of your first part. Like the people that walk around proud to be wearing an Xbox sh shirt because that is where they have built their their digital libraries that is where they uh, put a lot of time into their gaming even as a multi-console gamer i own different versions of the playstation running around here and i i'm not like basically at this point i'm entrenched in the xbox ecosystem i'm not going anywhere i own like 500 freaking games on that library you're just not gonna walk away from that but let's talk about 
you have you have made leaps and bounds in getting people to want to invest into the ecosystem, especially after the debacle with Xbox One and how PlayStation literally captured a large amount of mindshare, especially with people that I'm not going to use as the term casual, but your average gaming consumer, somebody that's not constantly reading the articles, listening to the podcasts. They're not they're not like entrenched they it's for them wearing a, a game related shirt means nothing to them other than it's a shirt for a game they like um but like so this is where i hope they do a show to really start getting some uh drive back in the fans uh that really um are xbox fans but they're not entrenched they don't have these huge digital libraries i mean the ones that literally just went out and bought a Game Pass machine and they're going to associate Xbox for just being a good place to go to get third-party content. Um, and whether people, because I already see what's going on in the chat, whether people want to admit it or not, Spider-Man 2 was in some, okay, so if you listen to people like ACG and other predominant members of the gaming community that basically flat out tell you, that if you're going to discount PlayStation because just because it's a PlayStation, you don't belong in the conversation because you're excluding yourself because you basically think that the brand has nothing to offer when it's absolute crap. Insomniac Games is a completely badass developer. Yep. They have done amazing things with their game engine when it comes to stuff like ray tracing and how those games function. They put other developers to shame when it comes to polish, optimization, and what's going on in the background of that game. So, literally, I mean, if you are wanting to make a comic book character-based game like Marvel games, Insomniac is like the bar for that game. And the fact that they come out and say fall of 2023 for Spider-Man 2, well, here's the funny part. Sony Santa Monica, to me, in my mind, does not have the same pedigree as Insomniac Games. I honestly thought for a chance that, that God of War Ragnarok was going to be delayed due to the fact that there was very little content released for that game other than trade we saw gameplay like literally a month or two before that game came out they really kind of like came you know i was questioning whether that game was going to come out on time for me if insomniac games comes out and says fall of 2023 come hell or high water that game is coming out fall of 2023 huh yeah i agree with you i'm just i'm i'm echoing you quietly no, and that's where it, it, it comes down to um, right now, that's a blockbuster game. That puts Sony always at number one because they have these blockbuster titles. So unless Microsoft is completely complicit with being third place by their own words, they need to keep at the motion they're going now where they are very hush. Um, it's regrettable that that this FTC thing is going to blow up bigger than even bigger than I thought it could blow up. I, I mean, there was a part of me that thought it could be blocked, but I didn't think that freaking it was going to turn into, into a complete, you know, soap opera with other like, you know, with Sony over here and, and how they're doing it. Um, but it, it basically at this point, Microsoft is going to have to really calculate 
do we try to save our $69 billion deal at the risk of alienating a, an emerging fan base for the Xbox by basically making them think that the only thing that we're going to have is some third-party games that are going to pop up. I mean, like, literally, let's take a look at High on Life. I, a lot of people are talking about that. They're very happy that that's an ex, that's a you know a Game Pass game, and it's technically a timed exclusive, but that's not first-party studio. Um, Atomic Heart with Munfish and Focus, still third-party game, not first-party studio. It's basically going to be that, well, if you want those blockbuster first-party studio titles, PlayStation is the place to be, and Microsoft is not going to change that narrative with the route that they're going right now. This is why I'm saying it's a marketing nightmare. And yes, um, it is stretching fans a little thin because, I mean, literally... A lot of people for a very long time have always wait till E3, wait till this, wait, 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 wait. I'm for me, I have games to play. I'm not the one that sits there and say, oh, I got to wait. I mean, I literally just got Star Ocean. Hell, I just bought freaking Saints Row, the, the new one that everybody seems to not like. I, for me, I'm going to play games whether or not I'm entrenched in the ecosystem I want to be in. But my, to keep growing the ecosystem and to keep generating a revenue and get people investing in the ecosystem, new players, Microsoft needs to do something um, because literally right now, Mindshare is still on Sony's side when it comes to first-party studios getting the job done. Mm -hmm. No, well said there, Centurion, honestly. I agree. I agree. Um... I mean, Xbox certainly has, I mean, uh, when they bought the studios and publishers that they, they did, like, again, Bethesda, Zenimax, and so on, and plus, you know, they did... Really? No, you, that's a good point. You, 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 they have spent a lot of money on studios since 2016, and we really have not seen what that's going to exactly get us. And I know games mm -hmm. take time, but, a, like, average game development, like, correct me if I'm wrong, is like, what, five, six years? It's. It depends on. Um, yeah. And I mean, like it, average. It, it, I'm not talking like Red Dead Redemption Two yeah, shit. It, 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 well, all right. If we're not talking, if we're not including Red Dead Redemption Two shit, it's three to five. See, I mean, we've 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 they have owned these studios long enough to at least show us that they can do something, and I feel like I am confused on why Starfield has been delayed as much as it has been. Um, I understand COVID happened. But it's like, dude, they were working on Starfield before COVID even happened. I'm not, I'm not during COVID. That's the uh, big kicker for me. Date, what? Or, they gave us a date for it during COVID. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying it's really creating a, a marketing nightmare because you're setting a, a, a consumer precedence on what they're going to mentally kind of like evaluate in their own minds towards this brand. And yes, right now, Game Pass is the best value in gaming, hands down. High on Life proves that. But you can only ride that horse for so long before you're going to need to have another pony in the circus to show a trick. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, that's fair. Um, 
but again there are there are signs that things uh could be changing course again like um it's not like a doom and gloom thing it's just hey guys you know we want to see oh, some no. gameplay for yeah, things it, like you know like i i no. see some stuff in the chat and it's like guys don't worry it's not like a doom and gloom comments just yeah you it's know just annoying we just want to no. we just want to see some stuff now. That's all it is. So no, for me, the reason why I say as a business person is I handle the marketing for the company. I do I'm a man of many hats at where I work. I I did I built their marketing department. I have to sit there and answer the reviews for pissed off customers, and these reviews are on Google. This is a customer's like for, if somebody reads these reviews before they show up at the business, these reviews will actually set the mind share that that person is going to have when they walk through the front door. So if if basically the customer thinks that everybody at that job is an a-hole, they're going to come in reserved and almost defensive because they're just waiting for the a-holes to show up. And that's why I'm mind share is a big deal. And Microsoft right now regretfully does not have a very – very positive mind share when it comes to the results of their first party studios now speaking of first party studios uh there was a bit of news i, I think it got lost a couple of weeks ago but it did pop up again um it was about uh fable actually um fables engine like the the engine that playground games is using apparently they're having issues with it something like that um like it is it's kind of like i mean it would be nice to hear something about fable because what fable got announced back in what 2020 if i'm not mistaken at the re3 showcase um it's i don't know it's just like it is just kind of odd that we haven't seen anything from it like crusader you might like know a little more on this uh do you think like do you, do you see like any issues popping up with their own like because it seems to be like uh, from what the articles was saying that Microsoft really wants these students to use their like uh, propriety engine instead of like stuff like Unreal and whatnot. Like, should we be worried about anything with uh, Fable, uh, Fable right now? I wouldn't, only because that's a really mixed bag. Um, personally, I wouldn't be worried about anything with Fable. I don't think it's close enough to release to matter. Um pretty sure that game was internally slated for 2024 like even before um yeah no I, i'm not I, I i'm not worried about uh, about i'm not even thinking about fable right because there's so much stuff that's supposed to come sooner that has been told to us that it's going to come sooner and then there's stuff that hasn't been directly told to us but we've I, i've seen documents that have um uh that that showed the the timeline the the, the timelines and th there's stuff that's that was at least internally slated like two three years ago at this point that's supposed to come out even sooner than that anyways so I'm not I'm not concerned about Fable's development process at all because that that's not an issue to me also I I don't know how true it is that Microsoft might have those kind of things for certain studios, but there are certain studios that just use Unreal for everything. So I don't know that as a Xbox Game Studios wide thing that that's even a concern to think about because it seems like studios can use basically whatever they want, uh, or at least most of them can. Um, I know that for the studios that were like Xbox Studios before um, 2018 or were working very closely with xbox before 2018 so like playground and um maybe one other they um they have uh 
they're, they're treated slightly differently because they're treated almost like proper Microsoft companies. Um, so like that's why like uh, 343 had I I don't know that they have it anymore, but they had that rule with the contractors that matched Microsoft's contracting rules where you can only work for a year and then you have to take a year off and then you can work for them a year again. So I don't I don't think um uh, uh I I don't think it's it, it's an at large issue. It the the only thing that I see is it could have slowed Fable's development down. Mm -hmm. Um and this isn't just a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's Playground Studios and it's Fable." Well, number 1, the, the Fable IP went downhill with 3P. Like 3 was not as popular as 2. That's that's just a fact. Um and then Peter Molyneux like almost destroyed that franchise. Luckily, Fable Legends never launched. I, I think that would have actually damaged that IP. Um, well, it, it to be launched. fair... Yeah, to, I think he was gone by then. To be fair, like, by then? Phil Harrison... Yeah, he left and... Oh, Phil Harrison! Phil Harrison and a, and a okay. bunch of that studio... Makes more, like, it makes even more sense. Yeah, they had a lot of input <laughs> with where the direction uh -huh. of that game was going. And It's like so, going on with Kojima Productions without Kojima. It's like, yeah. eh... It's not yeah. really the same. So... So Fable was already on a downwards path. Not not that it was being going to be destroyed or anything. Luckily, that game never came out, and and and, and that's fine. And Playground, this isn't Playground Studios, the studio that made Forza. This is a new studio location that is making Fable. It's literally next door to the old studio location, but it is another building with another studio with another new set of studios, new hires that are in it. A couple of veterans from the original Playgrounds studio went over and essentially created it. But I believe that Fable is in safe hands and it will be fine. I just think that there is uh that likely there are some growing pains because this is functionally a new studio that is making it. It it shares the name of with another studio, but that studio isn't directly creating it. It is a functional. It's it's like Arcane Austin versus Arcane Leon. They they are separate mm -hmm. studios. They assist each other from time to time, but they they have different creative leads, different developers that that work on it. And so this is a functionally new studio at Playground doing this. And I I don't think I think the only concern should be how long is that game going to take to come out? Not is that game going to come out good or bad? Does that make sense? I, I like I, I have zero concerns no, that I, I agree uh, that 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 game's gonna be fine. And I have things that I am far more excited about uh, that that are coming out. And that's like I, I didn't give my full input on on the show thing. I, I think that if they're gonna do these twelve month shows like they did with E three, if that's gonna be their plan moving forward, they need to have two of them a year. So doing it in January and June makes sense, right? The approximately six months apart. Technically, it's only like five ish. But you know, realistically, you're six months apart. You can cover the, you can cover the first half of the year, and then be like, this is what's going to come out in the second half of the year. And then in that second show, you can be like, all right, this is the second half of the year. This will be the first half of next year, right? And you can kind of do it in, in like a in like a loop almost, because we're at the point where there are games coming out in the next six months that we just haven't seen anything for, and that's really pre-COVID. That's a foreign concept. Post-COVID, it's not quite as foreign a concept. But like pre-COVID, that's a foreign concept to people. Like we 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 would have seen a lot of stuff already, mm -hmm. and so, um, and you know, and, and they've had a they've had a bunch of other showings. They were at Tokyo Game Show, but they didn't really show any of their own content at Tokyo Game Show. They showed off a bunch of third-party stuff that they got to come to Xbox. They were at Gamescom, but all the trailers were literally the same trailers as the the E3 showcase. So they they, they really need to do 
two major showcases a year. An EXO, whether it's in December or January, I don't give a shit. Just do an EXO uh, at that time of year and do do the E3 and do um uh do the the direct styles for like when the game is launching. You're a month away. Do the Nintendo Direct or Sony PlayStation State of Play style thing that's like right before the game comes out you do like an in-depth like 20 minute thing um i I think that they would have a a great marketing scheme and maybe that's what we're moving towards right but they had such a shite year that it feels bad as a fan right and then you you hear i I think stuff like the forza concerns you know jez jez brought them up because he he i think jez was trying to bury that story slightly within his within the other story that was the bigger story because the, the the reporting on forza was in correct me if i'm wrong it was in jez's i'm disappointed they weren't at the like where is xbox right now right that was in that article if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. something yeah it was something like that yeah. um and so i think a lot of the microsoft has by essentially delaying all of their content all of their major content at the very least out of 2022 they had some minor content but they delayed all of their major content out of 2022 the delays themselves aren't the problem it's in delaying both of those games what you left the rest of the year with is the problem and that that has created concern and has created uh uh you know you, you've been promising us consistency. Where's the consistency? Where are the releases? You bought all these things. Where are the? Where, where's the? Where's the content? You've made us excited, but now, now we're we're losing that excitement because you haven't delivered on all of the fantastic things you've announced. And that that comes as part of a problem with them also announcing a ton of games a fuck ton early, right? They they announced like Avowed super early. They announced Contraband super early. They announced um uh uh. Fable super early, Hellblade super early, uh, the, the Spy game, the first person, Perfect Dark super early, right? And now we're just kind of stuck in this, okay, you announced all these things, and then you, you gave us all of this, you gave us this great roadmap of 2023, the first quarter with no dates, and it's been six months, and we still don't have dates, and we're getting real close to when those things should be launching. We have, we have one for Age of Empires 2, but nothing else. So... Like, should we be concerned that you're that the consistency still isn't going to be happening yet or not? I I think it'll be fine personally, but that doesn't make me any less frustrated with the situation. Like, if every last thing that they promised launches in 2023, I'm still going to stand by being frustrated right now in 2022 because they didn't give me any kind of assurances that this stuff is still happening. It's been six months since the the last like real showing. They were at Gamescom in August, but they showed the same shit with the same message in uh, at Gamescom. And they, they showed a little bit more off of Pentiment and stuff. That stuff's come, and it's here. Where is the actual meat, right? Because I can live off my backlog for a while. I can live off of indie releases for a while, but that doesn't mean I don't have a fundamental desire for a huge AAA release, right? And so it, it's just that people... A lot of the concerns about things will fade. About any individual title will fade away when the consistency happens. There, the, this concern about Fable will die when the consistency happens. Um, it's just we're not there yet, and that's why it's really frustrating. We are just not, we are just not there yet. And you know, PlayStation can be coy about everything because they've been consistent since. You know, the, the the period where they weren't consistent and they couldn't be coy about things and they had to keep showing the same shit over and over again. And they were in this same situation back until 2016, right? 
Between the years of 2014 and 2016, PlayStation, I mean, they had releases, but it was a pretty barren wasteland of nothing but Bloodborne until they launched, uh, I think the first one was the Uncharted 4, right? They, they were in a similar situation, but they, they had had years of consistent, like, they, they, it, the, the inconsistency didn't go quite as long, and they had a little bit more within there. Um, but they were in the same situation of they kept showing the same shit at every showcase for years and years and years. And then they, they finally hit a, a launch of consistency. And then they could delay a couple of games that they had promised for a couple of years because they had shit coming out. And then, you know, they delayed stuff into the into the next year. And, like, this year was almost all right. delayed titles from, from PlayStation. But it didn't matter mm -hmm. because it was still rather consistent launches. So was last year. I mean, they had a slight hiccup where, like, they had a few months without a, a title. But... Even that was covered up mostly by timed exclusives. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so they, there needs to be this level of consistency. That is Microsoft's biggest problem right now. And that like, runs into the, the marketing nightmare thing from, uh, from Centurion. And, and no, the sky's not falling. It's just frustrating as hell because right now, I actually don't know if any of the promises Microsoft made in June are going to be kept. Right? I don't... They, they've... They haven't been consistent with keeping promise as well in the last year and a half. And it's not that the sky is falling. It's just that, like, there is reason for concern. They don't have the track record to back up their words yet. Once they have the track record to back up their words yet, a delay or two won't matter because as long as they're, they're hitting most of their content, it's fine. But they didn't hit most of their content this year. And they didn't hit most of their content the year before. And the year before that, they also didn't hit most of their content like 2020 2021 really weren't like 2021 was good overall but i mean there was a half the year that was awful right it was only the second half that was good and honestly this year on game pass has been has been very good but really most of it was september onwards um right. and, and so i i would like to see more consistency in 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 everything right and your concerns over the fable engine is it a problem go away because it won't matter mm -hmm. um you're, you're like all the concerns fade away and so i really hope they have this january showcase so that the concerns can start to fade away and they give us some some dates or some months i don't need i don't need to know that this game that x game is coming out on, on this exact date at this exact hour right but go ahead and tell me that this game's coming out in this month i don't want to hear no quarters i don't want to hear no Unless it's later in the year, I, I like if it's coming out in the first six months of the year, I want to hear it's coming out in May. I want to hear it's coming out in right. April, right? Um, if it's coming out like in September, October, November, right? You you can tell me fall. I, that's fine. But hmm. if it's coming out in the next six months and there's seven titles that they're supposed to be releasing in the next six months, I, I want to know when they're coming out, right? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm putting my foot down. I'm tired of of uh kind of being knee-jerked around mm -hmm. now uh anybody else want to add on to uh what crusaders uh been touching on with regards to the uh, fable engine like any concerns well, here from the i mean i'm not really concerned myself because playground even though this is a a new studio uh attached to playground like there's been a lot of like 
a lot of veteran devs going over there, especially from uh, like Lionhead, I remember way back when. I'm not too concerned personally, but I just find that these articles popping up are kind of interesting, but I'm not too, too worried right now. Like, I, I got to see the gameplay first, personally. What do you guys think? Anybody uh, want to comment? Yes, no? Yeah, um, I'll go. All right, yeah, you go first, General. Oh, yeah. I just want to say, like, I think most of the concern comes from Forza Tech being a you know, it's a it's an engine you know relegated to just the studio. So any contractors coming in, they gotta learn it, and that's a, that will add naturally some time to the game. But that doesn't it's not doom and gloom. Far from it. It's just a bit of a, a hill to climb a cl climb over. That's all. I think the engine itself is pretty solid because as we've seen with uh, Forza Horizon, it's built for weather uh, changes. It's it's open world in design. Um, so. I feel like a lot of that could be used towards Fable and crafting the world there. As far as the RPG mechanics, yeah, that's what the, the new talent is for in the secondary studio. And at the same time, um, is the secondary studio, I can't imagine that they are that they started out pretty big. Like a AAA studio should at least have 100 plus employees. I doubt the second studio had that like day one. Of course, you have to build up slowly. So that also has, you know, growing pains and a, with a slow buildup to make a game, a AAA game like uh, Fable. So I think any negativity is just, you know, guys from the other camp just, uh, you know, trying to make a mountain out of a molehill here. But the game's going to be fine. It's just going to take a little bit longer. And I think the engine is actually pretty well suited to what they're trying to make here. So uh, I'm not I'm not worried. We, we see it when we see it. Like, it was only announced, what, two years ago. So I feel like it's still within that window to make us wait a little bit longer. Um, hopefully they show us gameplay this year. That would be nice to, you know, at least show us, you know, tangible progress. But that, that's up to Xbox when, the, when that time is going to be. So, But I'm optimistic we might see something this year. That's all. All right, go ahead there, Centurion, with what you were going to add on to. Um, I just wanted to come out like I remember being on a podcast back in the day with somebody that thought that the fable that fable being in existence was an absolute lie and a farce. And I even defended it on that show against all the other people that were very big Uber PlayStation fans. And I said, why could it not be there? I mean, like, look what they did with Forza Horizon 4 um, with uh, how it took place in the United Kingdom their uh Eng their developers located in the united kingdom uh a lot of the the stu a lot of the members of lionhead studios were over there in the united kingdom i told him i'm like there's a lot of plausibility that can make this whole concept completely true and they all thought i was full of crap and then lo and behold they released that teaser trailer and i was basically vindicated and like oh look at that imagine that it was true I, I do I have been championing playground games since I found out they were going to be doing fable and I totally believe that um I I said farce it's a far basically it's fake farce different sorry um <laughs> I I <laughs> no I did not say that one no we we gave up the uh, high on life subject a while ago I want to be making a joke like that now um <laughs> anyway so no um anyways I completely stood behind the the company making this game with the engine that they had because of what I saw in Forza Horizon 4. 
there was crowds there. They have ways of doing character design. They even had a, a an a, they even had like a chicken suit that you could put your character in. There was a lot of hints of fable because you could put your character in a chicken suit in Forza Horizon 4. Um, they had, I mean, like literally, I have always awed at the graphics in both Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon, especially when it came to Forza Horizon's environmental design with the trees and the the water effects and all that other great stuff that just makes Horizon, uh, uh, basically, in my opinion, uh, one of the premier racing games that that gaming has to offer. Like I gave up on racing games many many moons ago. And then I was exposed to Forza Horizon 3, and I have been a believer in what they can do over there with the Forza franchise and what they can, the graphics and just the uniqueness that they can create outside. Like, I was not a Gran Turismo fan at all. I am so for this company being allowed to branch out, being able to expand their portfolio and be able to do something like, I mean, like literally, that would be a slap in the face to Sony that hey our developers are that damn good over at um playground games that they went from making racing games to this i really do feel that playground games has the talent and the technology to create a really damn fable game i mean really damn good fable game and i i will never falter from that opinion and that's one of those situations where i believe this particular studio this particular situation should be given the time they need because they are literally trying to branch out and do something completely different. This isn't something like Bethesda games with Starfield where these guys have, have a pedigree making open world games uh, with the Fallout franchise, the Elder Scrolls franchise. Bethesda games has made a legacy off of creating games of that style they should really have it down to a science. And sometimes you do just got to shake your head at some of the situations that have been created uh, over at these studios when I can't compare Starfield to Fable because the developer is trying to do something completely outside of their wheelhouse. And I honestly champion uh, anybody trying to grow themselves, whether you're growing yourself as a company, as an individual, and I really do feel this will take Playground Games to another level when they get this game out in the market to show that just because you have made your existence making one genre of game does not mean that you can expand into another one. And this will just do nothing more than give um, confidence to other studios that want to also go down the path of tackling a completely different genre of gaming. All right. All right. That's fair. Um, another interesting comment there. Um, okay, guys, I think on that, I mean, uh, Shockley, if you want to comment before we uh, head on, do you have any uh, commentary regarding the Fable engine? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, other than, you know, we know it's a new new team working on the game, so. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, and, and depending on when the, like, story that's being reported when that actually comes from that could be you know further back you know we don't know how exactly what point of the development that part was or how big of an issue it really was all they can take is like you know somebody saying like hey this and this happened and then well you know i can write a story about it and 
sensationalized it a little bit. Um, and but stuff like this happens all the time with like game development of them changing engines. We saw with Halo, and obviously Halo came out <laughs> the way it did. But I mean, especially them going to a completely different wheelhouse. They're not just coming from, hey, you're using the same IP and now it's with a new studio. I mean, it is in that sense, but it's like a completely new uh, studio taking on their take on um, this franchise. So it's not coming right off. They didn't just come off of, you know, an entry in Halo or entry in Fable. Um, so they're doing their whole thing and reinvent, you know, going to be, I'm sure, completely or reimagining of like what Fable was. So I'm not too uptight about it, especially since... We know Bethesda titles are coming, you know, straight to Game Pass, straight, you know, other IP that they're investing in with those studios they purchase with Machine Games, with all these studios they have under their umbrella, even before the Activision purchase. So, like, games are coming. Hopefully we'll get, you know, a release date, you know, this E3 for, you know, Hellblade 2, because we already saw the gameplay. So, you know, if that can come early next year, like late this year, hopefully, fingers crossed, but... Like, so games are coming, so I'm not too pressed on this one of like, hey, they had, they're deciding, you know, they're switching up engines or, hey, they're having some trouble with the engine they were on, but we don't know if they're already past that. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we're, we're good. But, but that's what happens when you don't show, <laughs> we don't have anything to back it up. So if stuff comes out or rumors come out and then there's nothing to say, counter it at all or any footage, then. We don't really have anything to go on. So the more and more we don't see it, that must be true. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess we'll find out uh, soon. I, I, again, I hope, uh, I, I think Fable's in good hands personally. I just, again, I'm curious. I want to see even just early gameplay. You know, that's that's all really. But I'm confident that, uh, yeah, they're pretty confident, at least, uh, um, at least with their first studio with the Forza uh tech engine and just I, i'm very curious to see it in an art uh done in an rpg and i think it'll look beautiful but again there's just a lot of curiosity but again time will tell guys time will tell um okay guys i think on that note we'll dive right into well our first talking or sorry our last talking point tonight and it's our personal games of the year for 2022 again they don't have to be released this year just you know whatever you happen to play that may have impressed you during the past 12 months uh general MLD buddy uh, i'll start with you on this uh if you had to pick your favorite game of the year what would it be okay well i think my my honorable mentions are uh proteus that that was a uh doom like fps indie game that i played this year discovered that for the first like just by surprise and just blown away by just how nostalgic it was because I was an old school uh, Doom fan growing up. And that game just took everything up a notch as far as like pixelated, um, you know, FPS games go. So I highly recommended that. I really liked that. I played Yakuza Like a Dragon. It was my first Yakuza game ever. So that was, again, a very pleasant surprise, like a very nice gem because I love uh, turn-based games, turn-based JRPGs too. And... It was so cool because it's a modern-day Japanese kind of game. So they kind of make, like, random encounters. Like, <laughs> it's, 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 they really integrate the kookiness of a turn-based game into modern Japanese life, which I thought was the coolest thing. 
like your party members. Like you have uh, this homeless guy who ha who breathes like fi alcohol fire, and uh, he's he's, like, he's he's essentially your mage. Or you have like a retired cop. Uh, he's pretty beefy. He he's your tank kind of guy. Uh, so it's it's funny how regular people were like are, are like they fit the roles of the party members of your JRPG team. So I thought that was pretty nice. The story was pretty good too. But my game of the year is Elden Ring. It's also my first uh, Souls game I've ever played. I think what put me off in the past was be was that um, the other Soul they're like the other Souls games are pretty linear and unforgiving. I mean, this game was pretty tough too, but. Uh, I think what made this game more accessible was two things. One, you have the horse, so you you can like you can get out of situations because um, well, your horse is faster than most of the enemies in the game. So there was that. Um, let's see, like when you die, it kind of like warps you close by to a boss room. So I feel because apparently in the other Dark Souls games, you kind of have to do some grinding or you know, walk aways if, if you fail from a boss room or whatever. And this, it's like you're, you're taken right outside the boss door. So little things like that that make it more accessible for a guy like me in the first time. Um, but also just, uh, I think the, the, the part that made it more accessible to me was the, you can go wherever you want. In the other Souls games, um, you basically have the the it's, I think it's more linear essentially like you can't you can't just do whatever you want like this is there's this boss and it is locking you from exploring the rest of the game and whereas in this game um if something's too difficult for you just go somewhere else uh just just explore around level up uh get, get better gear and you can do other things in the meantime and when you're powerful enough then you go back to that boss that you were, you were previously too weak to beat so it's the little things like that that made it really, really good for me to pick up and keep playing. Uh, since, since it was my first time, I went with a, a Glenstone magic build for more of the ranged attacks. I feel like that's understandable. It was my first game. Cut me some slack, guys. But uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't put it down. Like, it was so addicting. I ended up putting 100 hours into the game. Um, two playthroughs. 80 hours for the first playthrough. 20 I try to see what I can do for a speed run uh, on my second playthrough that was like 25 hours but I gotta say near the end of the game at the at the very end I'd say the bosses got really really tough like you couldn't cheese anything with, with, with your long range magic you kind of had to really dodge and counter and parry uh, things like that and it was it, it forced me to get you know to get really good to get to learn and it was so rewarding you don't find that kind of feeling as much these days in, in, in modern games a feeling of like having a tough fight and if you lose you know it's completely on you it's not because uh the the boss cheesed you or whatever like you you know it was because it was your fault and you come back to it you 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 learn the the tells and you beat it on your own strength it felt so rewarding like being the the final boss it felt so good so yeah i'm looking forward to whatever else uh I hope because of Elden Ring's success, we get more games like it. Like I'm looking forward to Lies of uh, Lies of P. That should be that should be fun. Hopefully the game reviews pretty well. But now it's opened up a whole new world for me. Like I'm looking at Souls games now with uh, with with, with a new new set of eyes. And uh, I think that, in my opinion, deserves Game of the Year. If you can sell uh, that many copies, if you can appeal to the core Souls fan base, but at the same time attract millions of new gamers into it. 
like like myself, I, I'd say that that's just like the the per, almost like the perfect game right there. So, yep, can't praise it enough. That's my game of the year, Elden Ring. All right, all right. Yeah, I, I knew you were pretty high on Elden Ring uh, to begin with. So no, that's awesome. That's awesome. You listed some pretty good games there: Elden Ring, Proteus, uh, one or two others. Uh, good stuff there, MLD. I think a lot of people in the chat agree with you. Uh, let's see. Moving on down the list, Eric Shockley, buddy. Hey, what are uh, what were some of your uh, favorite games of the year? Do you have a top one? Um, yeah, I, I meant to get into a lot more games this year, but I just didn't have a ton of time. But uh, mm -hmm. hopefully, uh, starting to change that with some of the. I'm gonna definitely try to knock out some of the these games before they leave Game Pass. But uh, um, I would say one that probably like. I, think I, I don't know if I I think I probably finished it like early January um I would say like Halo Infinite if I had to say one um if that doesn't count I I it just with that game it was a ton of fun just with the it was kind of like when you had uh the first Halo game playing combat evolved and you're just trying to do all sorts of crazy stuff with it like trying to get your warthog or ghost <laughs> or whatever as far through you know the level like almost game breaking where you're not supposed to be able to fit it through <laughs> right. to get it to the next part of the game um and i did that a lot with like getting leveling up the bases or getting your marines to the point where they had you know uh, a laser gun and i would get a warthog full of them or get some of them to uh get sucked up to the beam so they end up fighting the boss for me and lasering the shit out of them on legendary um so i did have a ton of fun in that sandbox um, but I guess one that probably like actually dropped this year, uh, I did spend a good amount of time in tunic, which I found really cool with the, uh, how they had the little instruction manual, like in the game where you had to like unlock parts of it yeah. and you're kind of have to like, it was, and it wasn't verbatim. You kind of had to like read it as kind of like a code of like, you know, it, it kind of scribbling of like, okay, what does this mean? Um, but just kind of that whole world kind of had the, like that whole fez zelda like whole niche so um uh, i think i'm pretty much at the end of that one but just need to knock that one out but i, I think i've given a ton of time into that one to, to say that one's pretty up there so i just have a couple bosses that i i'm at but i just need to knock them out but uh i would yeah otherwise i didn't get to start too much but um hopefully get to play a lot more this coming year so hopefully it'll be a little bit uh freer now uh that i got my setup going so um but yeah i would say probably halo and if i had to like take one that actually you know dropped in this year i would say like tunic just be my next best one so all right that's fair no two very very good games there and i totally agree with you on the sandbox and people in the chat do as well yeah halo has a pretty addictive sandbox that is for sure uh, moving down the list here, Centurion Buddy. Hey, I want to know what uh, were some of your gaming highlights from the past year. Uh, what games, uh, well, what what stuck out this past year for you? Do you have like a, a top one or is it a couple? Please tell us. Ugh, see, it's always hard to narrow down just one game. I mean, mm -hmm. if we're talking like year to date, the one like what kicked it all off from this part of the year last year was I already saw it mentioned in the chat. Um, came out of left field for me, but that was Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I had given all I had given up all hope on Square Enix, and Guardians of the Galaxy really impressed me. I couldn't play that, stop playing that game. 
Um, and then that went down, uh, got transitioned into Dying Light 2. Like, cause I'm just basically going off of like, what games did I really feel like I had to absolutely beat? Um, then there was like, you remember when I went through the Sherlock, I actually blazed out all three of the Sherlock home games. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, that, that was actually now th the fact that all three of those games were kind of it, it, like, because they were all done by Frogware. That was actually a great set of games. Uh, but when it comes down to like, you know, stuff that released this year, um, obviously there was far, far cry six. Was this th this year? 2021. Cool. Last year, but I mean, it could be just games that you played. It doesn't didn't have to come out this year. Well, because I keep going back to Far Cry Six. I keep playing some of the content. Um, then there's uh, I put a lot of damn time into Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. That game right there was probably one of the best Lego games I've ever played. Call you know, think it's odd that I play Lego games, but I mean, definitely. I mean, that was a great nod to the Star Wars uh, universe. I think it was very well done how they connected all the games into one giant uh, universe. Um, and then obviously there's like, I keep going back to Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls, like, you know, with uh, the High Tides DLC uh, this year. So I've been really put all over the place. If I really had to put my finger on one that basically... I, that I've put a lot of time into it, like throughout the year, that would probably Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, but that's also just because I'm a crack fiend and I love collectibles. And I mean, there's 1200 Kyber bricks in that game and I've already collected like 1100 of them. Damn, so, gotta collect them all, huh? <laughs> oh, I know, it, it's an addictive, it, it's an addictive thing when I, because some games you just don't want to get all the collectibles because you're just like, meh, I don't want to do it. But this one, it stuck with me. All right. All right. Fair. No, some really uh, good notable titles there. Uh, how about you, Crusader? Uh, I know, like, I could probably think of a couple of games for you that uh, you've been talking about the past couple of months. But please uh, let everybody know, like, yeah. what over the past year, like, you know, what games caught your eye? If you have, like, a personal favorite, please let us yeah, know. Yeah, you know, I, I I did the game of the year fill out, and it's only, it's only got, like, five things total for, for backlog. So I'm just going to go through that. My game of the year and my best narrative goes to Plague Tale Requiem. Excellent game. Made it onto my top five list. It Two games actually made it. Three games I played this year made it onto my top five list, and one of them got knocked out by another game that I played this year. Right? Um, I mean, I played like ninety games this year. I think it was like I think I'm at ninety three that I finished, plus live services. Um, and Plague Tale made it to my fourth position overall ever. Um, I loved Plague Tale Requiem so much. Um. That's like my personal best thing that Microsoft's ever added to Game Pass is Plague Tale Requiem. It was, it, it's kicked off so far what has been three incredible months of Game Pass: October, November, and December. Um, it was, it was so good, uh, and like, I, I don't know how to. That's a game I really don't know how to describe without ruining it. Um, if you've played Innocence, it's Innocence but better in literally every way. Um, That's true. Uh, it, it is just so good, uh, and I found the story to be incredible. The music was incredible. Um, and then best gameplay and art direction goes to the game that's actually on number five on my favorite games list of all time right now, which is Horizon Forbidden West. I fucking loved Forbidden West. Um, uh, 
And then best soundtrack, I had to give to Metal Hellsinger. If you guys played Hellsinger, Hellsinger, oh, yeah. bops. If you are a metal fan, Hellsinger, bops. Right? The um, every level done by a different, like actual metal artist in conjunction with the developers for it. Incredible soundtrack. It's the only thing that I think was genuinely snubbed at the Game Awards. Um, I really think that they should switch a best soundtrack and best, uh, best like single or best like singular song um because metal hellsinger had by far the best overall complete soundtrack whereas like god of war had one really fantastic piece um and so like i, I think hellsinger got snubbed for that and best multiplayer destiny 2 the witch queen baby until another game can create content as good as destiny raids i'm just there's not gonna be a better multiplayer game for me you know destiny raids the, the valley of the disciple raid this year chef's fucking kiss um rolk was one of the most fun fights to to do with my friends of all time it was it was wild we were we were all screaming at it we we actually died uh we wiped to the boss um but someone's rocket launcher the cluster bombs on their rocket launcher wolfpack rounds if you played halo we were or played destiny we were uh he was using galahorn actually killed it as we were fading to black and everyone rezzed instantly because it counted as killing the boss before the wipe happened and and like so like destiny gotta gotta be my best multiplayer game of the year but my game of the year is plague tale requiem hot shit so good um, all right <laughs> i convinced a few of my friends to to buy the series and play into it now um i i i'm a little miffed that they removed innocence from game pass yeah that was seems surprising like such a such a strange move from both uh focus home and uh, focus home slash asobo and microsoft like You'd think you'd want the whole franchise in there. You know what I mean? Um, luckily, it's on sale everywhere. You want to get into Plague Tale right now? Uh, the the first one is on sale for like 16 bucks. Every platforms. If you play on PC, it's on sale. I believe on the Xbox Store and on Steam. You play on Xbox or PlayStation. I'm it's on. I'm pretty sure it's on sale on both. Go go get Innocence. Play Innocence, and then play Requiem. They're so good. Mm -hmm. Now, as for myself, uh, this year I didn't have like as much time as I would have liked, as Shockley was uh, saying for him as well. Um, the games that I could get into, um, I would say probably, and it's it, it may be surprising to some, I really liked Deathloop. That would probably be at the top there. I just thought that the level design was really good, the weapons, just the gunplay overall, and just... I don't know, just how you approach things. I just really appreciate that. Of course, you know, and that's done by what Arcane. So I really appreciate what they did. Um, and I, I just I, I like the, again the main character in it, Cole, as well. Um, it was just it really surprised me with how much fun I was having with it. So I, I just really appreciate that game overall. Um, had a decent uh, soundtrack. I like the art style. Voice acting was pretty good overall. Just, a good time with it. I still need to beat it, but I can just, you know, there's some games just, you know, you really gel with, and Deathloop was one of them. Um, as well, I haven't gone all the way with this game, but Centurion and I were playing it earlier on in the year. That would be Strange Brigade, this, like, really wacky uh, co-op game, uh, third-person, like, That's shooter. what I wanted to mention when it was over my list. 
strange brigade yeah it just which we we will get back into but it's just uh now i'm uh back in action here and uh, we can uh start doing some stuff again but it just i i really like those kinds of co-op games and i just thought it was a blast for its like uh, wackiness but it also had a lot of character to it as well um and yeah, actually, just to round this out, uh, I know I'm really early into it, but High on Life is just really impressing me right now. I'm having a blast with it, and I could just see my like see myself just playing the rest of it with a smile on my face and just thoroughly getting lost in it. Um, so it's probably yeah, I'd probably list it there already on the top of my list. But uh, yeah, I got a lot more games to play, a lot more games to play though. Um. But yeah, guys, I think that about does it for tonight's show. Um, really, really fun chat with the guys, honestly, and just a great way to end off the year. Uh, we went over High on Life, our impressions of the game, a rumored Xbox showcase to take place early on in the new year, and a slew of other things. And if you enjoyed our chat and coverage tonight, then please consider leaving a like, sharing this episode out, and of course, subbing to the channel if you're new here. Next up, we will go to the outros for the cast, starting off with Crusader. But, hey, good stuff tonight. Where can everybody follow you? Yeah, you know, you can follow me on uh, on Twitter. Um, I'm going to be putting my link tree back up because that whole situation got completely undone in 11 hours. Um, so I'll have my, my link tree back up that has all of my uh, social medias up on there. But, yeah, you know, it's Crusader 3456 generally everywhere. All right, all right, good stuff, good stuff. Moving on down here, the general MLD, buddy. Hey, love the commentary tonight, as per usual. Where can all these fine people follow you at? Uh, thank you. You guys can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter, and gamer tag is Ghost MLD. So yeah, it was a great chat. I had a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in the new year. That is correct. Uh, moving on down here centurion buddy pal good stuff tonight uh, where can everybody find you and your content at well gentlemen it was a great conversation thank you to everybody uh that hung out in the chat with us tonight uh for those that are wanting to follow me uh you can find me at centurion 1307 youtube xbox live and of course twitter um you can also find me on gaming beyond the box two hours before this show starts uh, with Wilmy Hood and the amazing crew over there. And you could also find me after that show right here on the TXR podcast with these amazing gentlemen. Nice, nice, good stuff. And Eric Shockley, buddy. Hey, uh, you had some really awesome input tonight. Uh, where can everybody find you? Yeah, as always, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter. Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, see you guys in a few weeks in the new year and hopefully get that, uh, you know, that announcement of the show or something to start us off but see you later mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely and to round out the gang you guys can find me on youtube at invader gaming also check me out on twitter at invader underscore 1986 again Tim, uh, timmy couldn't make it but you can find him at xcloud tim dog now i've seen uh some uh chatter in the chat <laughs> some commentary about if we're uh, taking a break yes guys um this will be the last show of txr for uh 2022 
we will be taking the next two weeks off. Uh, again, there's not a lot going on, and you know everybody's got some stuff going on, right? Like there's not going to be a lot of news. Every you know all the companies are taking breaks, and uh, yeah, we're just going to be doing stuff, right? Um, but to all our viewers, honestly, guys, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, whatever it may be. Just like honestly, enjoy yourselves, and I just hope you're all safe and sound. And uh, again, we look forward to seeing you all back here January 8th. That's when we plan to be back and uh, again like i look forward to doing this show every week uh I try to be consistent because uh, again i, I love uh, bringing you content we all do and uh from the bottom of my heart honestly it's great to have you here um each sunday and if you tune in later just you know we we really appreciate um that you guys come stop listen participate and so on you guys are phenomenal so thank you very much but on that note, guys, have a good one. We will see you next year. Later.